So this is kind of a monumentous occasion because for the first time ever, we have a special guest on the Kojima Frequency. Ladies and gentlemen, please give a warm welcome to the master of machinima, Nourished Psych. Ooh. Hey, everybody. How's it going? Welcome to the show. Thank you. It's good to be here. It's a hell of an intro. Yeah, that was smooth. Yeah, yeah thank you. I liked it. I practice in front of the mirror. That's actually a good technique. Did you punch it like Venom <laughs> Snake afterwards? <laughs> yeah, <Smash>. exactly. <laughs> I went through six mirrors. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's stocked up at Costco. Got it right there. I was going to say, hope they're on sale. Oh, yeah. Well, when you buy in bulk, they're always on sale. Fingers. Yo, this is Vector. Hey everyone, this is Days Ahead. And I'm Nitroid. You're listening to the Kojima Frequency. Tell us who you are. What, what do you do? I'm Norish Psych, aka Michael Yurko, aka Get Psyched Productions. I am a machinima maker. I make movies in Metal Gear Online 2. I've been doing it for about a decade. Wow. It's a long time. It is a I'm long time. I'm afraid it's been nine years. Actually, almost 11. <laughs> right on, right on. <laughs> cool, cool. I'm just amazed you could put up with Metal Gear Online for that long. <laughs> uh, well, we had had a significant gap after it closed down, so... Yeah, that still hurts. So you're still able to make movies in Metal Gear Online too? Right. Um, thanks what to the What are you using folks. for that? Well, I, I was going to say thanks to the folks at... MGO2 Revival. I'm able to jump on their own server and play Metal Gear Online 2 as if the server never shut down. Wow. That still blows my mind that they were able to pull that off. And it was just like, what, two, three guys just hammering away at it? Yeah, I think two guys. Um, one main programmer and one junior programmer. Um, and the amount of work that they put into the server and the things they've done, uh, it's incredible. They got around the Konami ID, and, and that just blows my mind. I hated that so much. I remember when that thing launched, and everybody hated that. They're starting to customize the game. You can actually, you can actually use colorful weapons now. It's, it's phenomenal. <laughs> yeah, Nitrate saw that the other day. I wasn't too excited about that. <laughs> yeah, I think that's pretty cool. We've uh, talked about that before. I'm not. Uh, I'm kind of a purist, so when it starts to lean into Fortnite, I'm going to dial out. <laughs> He's going to bone out. But so you like the customization stuff? No, I hate it. I think oh. it's stupid. I, <laughs> you I'm just a, said it was cool. <laughs> I was, if you couldn't tell, I was being sarcastic. I know I only have one tone of voice, <laughs> but um, <laughs> yeah, I'm not, I'm not a fan. Uh, I, like Nitroid, I'm a purist. I mean, I'm not going to stop playing the game or stop making movies just because they're making subtle changes. And it's actually, it's not even... Uh, it's not even in-house. They're, they're mods made by other players for you know something you can use in your custom firmware PS3. So, Well, a couple of them were, were part of the base game, though, like how they changed the intro screen and the music. I think they changed um, some of the outfit graphics, like T-shirt graphics. Yeah, and then a few. The big one. Yeah, go ahead. Sorry, no, I was going to say a few. Very minor. I think it's one T-shirt design that they changed. Uh, it, they turned... a. I don't know, like sloth into a save MGO graphics shirt or something like that. The big one was that they removed some environmental effects from, from a couple of the maps to try and boost the frame rate. Right. But it just kind of ended up making it really irregular. 
Right. And even when you look at the, um, the environment as a whole, uh, on a map like uh, Grozny Grad, for example, the, it looks like through the way that the sun and the clouds move in the game, it looks like there's a snowstorm, but it's, it's absent now, which is kind of, I don't know, stupid. That was one of my favorite maps too. They did a, such a bang up job converting Grozny Grad from MGS3 into MGO2 without like changing it too fundamentally. That and a few other gems, like Silo Sunset from Portable Ops, they did a nice job kind of uh, making it as if it was uh, an MGO2 map to begin with. Yeah, I wish that it stuck around longer. I will say it's, it is amazing that they have been able to kind of learn the ins and outs of that game to the point where they can modify content. I've seen a couple videos where they've, like, they've been able to, to sort of swap maps around and let you play in different areas that you weren't supposed to, which is kind of amazing. But, you know, at the same time, it's, it comes back to that sort of purist angle where I just also want to have the base game untouched. Right, and I agree with you in that that aspect, but I, I also welcome new, uh, new maps and new environments. Uh, making machinimas for the past 10 years kind of gets a little uh, redundant when you're making different movies and using the same areas over and over and over again. Hmm. Yeah, I was going to say, you did, like, you've done Metal Gear 2, you've done Snake's Revenge, and and I've watched those, and you did a really good job of not making it seem too much like you were just recycling the same ideas and, and areas. Yeah, it's tough. It's really hard because I'll go into a map, try to film a scene, and think, ah, man, I have to do it different than I did in the past. Maybe shoot a certain angle in a certain area of the map. Uh, I just don't want it to look too much like my previous work. And um, while when I created Metal Gear 2, I actually planned that whole movie out. Uh, scene for scene, map for map. I had ideas of of where I wanted to film and uh, use the uh, I don't know the areas to you know my benefit, I guess. Um, and later on, I just kind of do it off the cuff. I just <laughs> I go, hey, let's film tonight. And I think I want to film here in uh, Ravaged Riverfront, but I have no idea how I want to film it yet. So we'll just kind of do it as we go. There was a a brief period of time many, many years back during MGO1, uh, during during the time that that was still active officially, where I tried to make a machinima with some friends. And the hardest part out of everything, and it, I mean, it was so challenging to get any of that to work, but the biggest frustration by far was the fact that occasionally your actors wouldn't follow the rules and would start breaking stuff. And if you give a crap about continuity, you're like, ah, you broke a window. It's It can't be broken in the next shot, man. We got to start over. Uh, or stop shooting the lights out. I kind of need the lighting in this area. <laughs> <laughs> Speaking of continuity, that's a that's a great transition. Uh, Psych, right now you're actually working on a, a prequel to Ghost Babel, which is like an alternate timeline Metal Gear 1, right? Exactly. Um uh, I think in the the events of the Ghost Babel continuum, the timeline, Metal Gear remains untouched. And since I already made Metal Gear 1 as a machinima, I wanted to do things a little differently. So I switched things up here or there. I'm not going to give away any details because I want it to be a surprise. 
But um, again, kind of touching back to what Nitroid said about, oh, you got to be careful not to film in the same areas over and over again. Uh, that's kind of the approach I took in this. So I just wanted to make it different. Right on. So something we were all talking about a few days ago is um, because there was an image that uh, Jordan Vote Roberts posted on Twitter uh, where it was an alternate history where Sniper Wolf survives Metal Gear Solid 1. And we got into this discussion about uh, about the butterfly effect as it applies to the Metal Gear universe. And uh, maybe that's something we could we could discuss. Sure. <laughs> I figured I figured somebody would have like. Yeah, I mean, I'm, an idea. I'm all about it. That's I love like just taking different uh, just having different takes on something. It's like we can have the canon and the thing that we know, you know, but then there can also be these little side stories that just don't matter. Yeah. Well, psych is I know you said you didn't want to spoil anything or give away too many details. But do you have any examples of like an event or something that like you slightly altered and and how that spiraled out of control or or led into your Ghost Babel project? Um, I don't really think anything spiraled too far out of control to where it wouldn't kind of flow well with Ghost Babel. Uh, but I did take uh, interactions with certain characters and made them a little different. Um, for example. I made. <laughs> I don't want to spoil too much, so I, I got to be careful what I say. Uh, let's just say that I changed some things around with Gray Fox, but it does not affect the um, the outcome of the story in any way. I tried to take elements from Metal Gear Two and apply them to Metal Gear One because I, again, I'm a huge fan of Metal Gear Two. It was my first MGO movie. Um, I love that story. Um, it's, uh, it holds a, a sentimental place in my heart. <laughs> yeah. But I, you know, I just tried to take elements from that game, apply it to Metal Gear 1, shift the story around a little bit so that it kind of becomes one story. Uh, not that the events of this Metal Gear are taking place in Zanzibar land or anything. Everything pretty much remains the same, except that the story is told differently within the setting. So hmm. it's funny because sometimes I forget that um, Metal Gear 2 isn't acknowledged in that continuity. Right. Uh, they never acknowledge it, but they also never really. I don't know. By the fact that they omit it in the way they omit it, you can safely say that Metal Gear 2 didn't happen. Right. Because they talk about, you know, the fall of Big Boss happening in, in Outer Heaven as opposed to Zanzibar Land. So it's almost like it never happened. But at the same time, Snake Nose Campbell. It's really strange. Yeah. I'd like to add to that how Snake Nose Campbell, I, I wanted to take that as well because that's such a, a key, I don't know, a key part of the, the Ghost Babel story is that Snake and the, Cam the Campbell have like this relationship kind of much like they did in Metal Gear Solid. And I wanted to portray that in my movie. So Colonel Campbell is Snake's main radio contact in the, in the story. Uh, much like Big Boss was in the original game. Right. So, Nitroid, you were saying earlier how, you know, um, you're a purist, uh, you know, when we were talking about MGO2, uh, how did, I, I got to imagine that you're completely against the idea of an alternate history. Like, if they if they were to make a, another Metal Gear, you wouldn't want them to do, like, an alternate, alternate history or time travel type, like, storytelling mechanic or anything like that, right? Quite the contrary. I would love it to go in a completely different direction and be as weird as possible. Really? 
Uh, yeah, honestly, I want them to get as far away from canon as as they can. Wow. That, that mine has been tapped dry. We need to go in different directions. I, you know, I thought we talked about this before, where we sort of went into, like, if you were going to do something with the Metal Gear franchise moving forward, what would you do? And I would like to see them either expand on existing continuities that they've established outside of the main canon, so, uh, you know, the one we're talking about, or the acid continuity, or, you know, hell, go crazy with it and make a Snake's Revenge follow-up. I don't care. You know, whatever. Just go in a different direction at this point, because if we get another Big Boss prequel, I'm going to lose my fucking mind. (laughs) Now do you guys get my point about, you know, Big Boss being the pyramid head of Metal Gear? Damn it, I do. he totally is. Yeah. There you go. You get a card for that, Dace. <laughs> Thank you. I got 13 <laughs> cards. Nitroid, I got a question for you. Um, you're saying you'd love to see something new, like a different uh, exploration of the of some different story other than the main canon for Metal Gear. Uh, would you like to see it as if they started from scratch, new characters, maybe even some of the same old ones, or... Much like, uh, let's say, a game like Mortal Kombat 9, where they, they go backwards in time and they rewrite Metal Gear history. We actually did talk about that. Yeah, that was the answer to one of my quest- like one of the questions, like the Q&A. They were asking, how would you want to remake? And I was like, you know what would be cool? It right. was like Mortal Kombat 9. That could work. Yeah. So, yeah, great minds. But I like, that, I like that first idea of just like, Wiping the slate clean and just just doing just completely rebooting it from scratch. You would have to keep certain elements the same. You would have to keep Solid Snake. You would have to keep the concept of a Metal Gear or some analog of that. Well, you, you could call to, it Metal Gear if if there wasn't a Metal Gear. <laughs> right. Yeah, I, I, I know, but you get what I mean, right? <laughs> right. You know. Yeah. Like, because technically, you could say MGS three doesn't have a Metal Gear in it. It does, Granin. He's in there. Yeah, yeah, for like, yeah, but for like a split right. second. You get plans, what I mean, though. Like, it has seed. to be, a, yeah. Legs. So you would have to keep some certain elements. It would have to retain kind of its espionage tone. But if we're talking like, you know, where Acid essentially dropped everything except Solid Snake out of the equation, I think they referenced Roy Campbell for like a split second. But, you, yeah, I would like to see more, um, a more dramatic departure. You know what would be really cool, and I've I've said this before. I, I may have even said it on this show, but there is a piece of fan art. Uh, I can't remember the artist's name. I'll have to look it up. But he made this concept piece of like what would Solid Snake look like in feudal Japan, and he's like a samurai hiding behind a barrel, and he's got a katana, and still has the bandana, and it looks really cool, and and kind of like you know, uh, Yakuza Kenshin, or is that the name of it? Kenzen? What is what's the name of that? I can't remember. Rurouni Kenshin? No. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, there, there's Kenzan. A, oh, yeah, I know what you're Kenzan, talking about. Kenzan, yeah, yeah, yeah. If there was like a Metal Gear equivalent of that, that would be interesting. You know, where you huh. had like, instead of this super advanced nuclear robot, you had something that was like some sort of steampunk artillery thing. Right. Uh, and Snake is a samurai. Like, take it in a, in a Tenchu sort of direction, yeah, I was which say, I know is ninjas, but That was still. pretty much uh, Ghost of Tsushima. Yeah. Hate that game. They had all the, all the, like, advanced fire weaponry that was just fucking everybody up. Yeah, you could do a lot with the franchise. There's a lot of directions you can take it in without betraying sort of the 
the soul of it. See, I would get rid of Solid Snake personally. You would? I mean, I don't yeah. think it's required that he's in a Metal Gear game. You know, Snake, whether that's, you know, the big boss flavor of Snake or uh, Solid Snake or even Raiden, whatever variant of that character you have in there, as long as as long as there is some element of that in there. One sneaky bullet. Um, you can play with it. Right. <laughs> One sneaky bullet. Like, I don't think the game would sell without Snake. Are you sure? Here you go. You do it with a female, though. Do like a Meryl type thing. <laughs> oh, that would piss people yeah. well. off for the wrong reasons. <laughs> well, everybody talks about making a prequel where you play as the boss during World War II. That, like, that is the number one idea I keep yeah. hearing floated among fans who want another Metal Gear game. Right. And nobody has a problem with that. Yeah. But if you were to replace Snake with a female, I think that's different. What about like a Rat Patrol type game, though? That'd be kind of cool. Again, it's not replacing Snake. That's what I would do. I would totally do that. I'd be like, Solid Snake doesn't exist in this universe. It's Solitica or something. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> what about philanthropy? Give Raiden another shot. I've, I've seen one approach, and I, I think I've talked to you guys about this. I call it the Zelda slash uh, kickboxer approach. <laughs> Um, meaning like the film Kickboxer starring uh, John claude Van Damme. See, there's actually seven, I think seven Kickboxer movies, right? Yeah. Yeah, it's a lot. Despite them having like the same actors and everything, or despite them, you know, changing actors, despite them, you know, going to different settings, you know, filming different ways, quality obviously shifting from film to film, there's always like a Kurt Sloan. There's always a Tong Po. And... Kirk is always having that uphill battle in a foreign area. In the same sense that Zelda has, you know, always has a Ganon, always has a Zelda, always has a Link, always has a Triforce. And I've explained this enough drunk to be able to explain it sober now. But the point I'm getting at is I would love to see some sort of anthology or Metal Gear AU where, like you guys said, there's still those prime foundational concepts there's always a metal gear there doesn't always have to be a snake but there always has to be some sort of like paternal rivalry Mm. um almost akin to like um james bond or final fantasy because they sort of share that same dna in a sense where they have these you know the core elements but then they remix them every time and and, you know james bond is a little different because they'll build continuities with each actor but when they switch actors it's essentially a new continuity Right. Right. And, and Final Fantasy is a great example, too, because they, they keep, you know, the, the different deities and whatnot. So, you know, that's just one approach without it. You know, it still re- retains the concepts without pissing people off. Yeah, I think that's a great idea. Are Chocobos the uh, pyramid head of Final Fantasy? No, <laughs> no, no, no fingers. Uh, no. You, I'm taking no, a card if you want it to be cloud. If you <laughs> want it to be the pyramid head of the franchise, it has to be something that had a very specific meaning at one point in a very specific place that then got used everywhere because people thought it was cool. So Cloud Strife and the Buster Sword. Yeah, it's Cloud. It was for travel, and then it got way out of hand. It went to racing, and then they were just they made them fat, and then they just put them everywhere. And then <laughs> I, 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 I proved my argument wrong. I don't know. Yeah, I'm taking I, I all your cards like, for that. <laughs> I yeah, love that's them. not I'm the same thing, I don't there. think. Because that's just an element it's, of the world. What do we got, crystals then? Well, that's what uh, 
I don't know. I see what you're saying. Like that's like saying, "Hey, we used to race horses, but or we used to ride horses all the time, but now we race them." I guess it's normally like the healer or something like that. There's normally like one character that's like a. I'm telling you, it's 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 Cloud Cloud Strife and the Buster Sword. Okay, maybe people. Yeah, you're right. Like people for ten years thought he was like. Uh, an emo boy when really he was like a smart ass. Yeah. Like, I don't know where this emo shit came from, but it came out of nowhere for me. You want to know what'll really blow your mind is that a lot of people think like Squall is this emo dude and he's actually kind of a jock. What? Yeah. I... Anyway. Yeah. You know, dude's maybe, like top of the class, from... athletic. Must have amnesia. Really cocky. <clears throat> yeah. You mean a standard <laughs> Japanese protagonist? Exactly. Anyway, I yeah, I would get rid of Snake. Or I would start the game off and the main character kills Snake. Plot twist. Here's what you can do. Give Raiden another <laughs> oh, shot. God. I'm serious. The, the Neil Druckmann approach. Right. Oh Lord. <laughs> Give Raiden another shot, but take away the ninja element. No, the ninja element was always there. That's why he uses the sword at the end of the eh. game. Okay, what I mean is and get he has rid of the cyborg shoes. element then. Okay, yeah, get rid of the cyborg element How for about sure. we make him a ninja, just get rid of the sword? Nope, still has split-toed shoes. He's still a ninja. I'm saying he's still a ninja, just get rid of the sword. <laughs> I like the sword. That's my favorite part of, of MGS2. All right, get him a keep the sword. sword. But, like, if he's, if we've established that, all right, I guess if we're going to different continuities, we, we don't have to worry about this, but let's say hypothetically we had to stick to the same one. Just get rid of the, the crazy combat cyborg gear and set him up more like adam jensen in days x where he's got more like stealth oriented gear you know where he never asked for it sorry Uh. (laughs) it has to be turned into a robot yeah that's called the refusal of the call in the hero's journey so at some point your protagonist has to has to say i never asked for this but then you know plot twists and all that so but aren't there like four or five variants of the hero's journey? Like like Joseph Campbell has his, but then there's like a bunch of different versions. It's complicated. That's another episode. We could totally get into that and, and Snake's hero's journey and MGS 1, 2, and 7, all that stuff. So uh, before we keep going on a tangent about MGS remakes, while we have a guest here, um, I did want to frame it back to Nourished, if that's okay. I'm, I'm cool with it. Cool I'm with here. That? Yeah. Because <laughs> I did have a question kind of going back to all the upgrades with um, the MGS, MGO2 revival, if I said that correctly. Um, you know, it, you guys, you're very adamant or rather very passionate against the um, the whole customization aspect, which from my perspective, I was thinking, oh, you know, maybe as a, as a machinima artist, you would appreciate some of the more robust selections or options. Um, so that being said, is, is that a matter of you just preferring art, you know, from adversity or again, just being like a purist, like where's the logic in that? And I'm not trying to sound like confrontational, like, you know, why are you compromising this opportunity? Um, I was just curious. Uh, no, that's a very, uh, respected a question, I guess. Um, I didn't really say I was opposed to change. I mean, as much as I, I do agree with Nitroid, uh, where I feel like subtle changes and big changes kind of take what, I don't know, the like the original vanilla MGO with, uh, I, I guess if you want to call it vanilla MGO as a, as a whole. Uh, I like pretty much what that game laid out because the developers made everything 
for a reason. Maps, guns, weapons, kind of like a uh, like a balance. Um, adding new things to the game to change it up a bit, kind of, I don't know, it's... Uh, I mean, I welcome the change, but I, I feel like it, it does throw off the balance, but really as a filmmaker, it's kind of irrelevant. Um, so, I mean, I do welcome the change in, in that respect. I mean, yeah, you just got like a custom costume designer at that point, you know, you can just go ham on it. it well, see that... I don't feel like the changes should be forced on you. I think uh, they should create more options. Uh, they should add certain textures that can, you know, in addition to what they have instead of take away. So instead of uh, the shield, for example, instead of, of making it like an invisible glass-looking shield, uh, make it an option for two shields. So one original shield and then maybe one glass. Same thing with the M4. Give the option to make the color. Don't just implement the color and say, hey, this is the M4 for now on. This is what you're going to use. So too bad. Right, because so, if you're midway like through filming and they start changing the gear around, that's going to completely screw up what you're doing. Exactly, like taking the weather out of the map. They've done it with three. They did it with uh, Groznygrad. They did it with uh, Coppertown Co- uh, Conflict, a.k.a. Browntown, and they did it with Midtown Maelstrom, uh, which I hate that map, but uh, but still, the point. They just don't take things out of the game. Make an option, uh, if possible. I don't know. It's not too much to ask for. <laughs> right. They don't have, like, uh, non-upgrade or non-enhanced servers? No, it's all one server, and that's one of the things that Nitroid kind of pleaded hey you know why don't you make two servers make a classic mgo server for those that want to play the original game and then make a new server for those that want something different Hmm. problem is that when you've got like a dozen people playing at any given time and not much more right it's hard to justify two servers you're just gonna you're just gonna split up that user base even more at most and i'm not including the Japanese players, because I think there's still hundreds of Japanese players that play it. Um, they boast and say there's something like 200-plus players at one given time uh, in the afternoon to evening, nighttime hours. But at most, I only see about, I don't know, 30 to 50 people online at, at once these days. Wow. It's just people are tired of that. Uh, the community is toxic, and uh, there's players like us that just, don't care for the change. They're just kind of little kids with power. Oh, we have we can control and we can make this game whatever we want. It's like, yeah, that's great and everything, but what about the community as a whole? I mean, you have your own interests in mind, but I don't know. I, I, think, I think there's an attitude that's hung on from the old days where they still think it's this thing that needs to be... The mindset when the game was active among players was one of two things typically either you were there to have fun or you were there to be competitive and that's any online multiplayer game for the most part but then after mgo sort of started to to kind of curve downward in interest that divide really really sharpened to the point where if you got into rooms that were even slightly competitive and you did anything that was against the rules, they would boot you out in a second. Not for nothing, Nitroid. Um, the game catered to players like that as well. You had survival and and tournament, which were two completely different tournament-type experiences, where if you worked your way to the top tier and, and beat it, you would be rewarded with different types of gear and points to spend on gear. 
Yeah. And um, which made the game really competitive. And if you were looking to have fun and say, yeah, you know, let me let me see if I can win the tournament or let me see if I can win survival tonight. It's uh, your experience would vary depending on what players you faced. And most of the time you face those competitive players and it would ruin the experience for many. Uh, yeah. I mean, and what those I've of found, us- I was going to say what I've found over the years uh, since MGO2 came back, because it's, it's been about, what, two years now since it started back up? Maybe a little longer? No. it's Longer than uh, that? I think it's been, I think the server has been online since 2014 or 2013. Has it been or, that long? Not in, not in the capacity that it is now. Not playable uh, as a multiplayer. But 2013, 14, you can get on and run around single player. Uh, but Man. by 2015, for custom ps3s for custom firmware you could go on and play the game as it was uh, before shutdown that's right because you could only get in with a modded system for a while and now it's open to anybody for the most part um the the point i was driving at is that it seems like that hyper competitive aspect of the community is what's left now that's almost exclusively what it is and so that attitude of this thing we're playing is serious business kind of ruins it for anybody coming in just to sort of relive those experiences. But then again, though, if you want to relive the experience, it's not quite going to be what it was a yeah, long time ago. It's a fool's errand. It's like that in any game. Uh, most recently, I was playing Star Wars Galaxies, trying to rehash some kind of nostalgia, and uh, I played for a little while before I got tired and jumped back into my other nostalgia trip which was mgo i don't know it's just it's different uh and i know we we've kind of deviated quite a bit from the original question but i don't know i I, i'd love to see change however i don't think it's it's necessary and if they did again uh there should be more than one server but as nitroid and i kind of went through it's just the player base isn't there to really create such a thing. Sure. They do have the, the uh, if anybody out there wants to take a crack at it, the source code is on GitHub for their server. I mean, you would think there would be like a per game option of like custom outfits and items, like just yes or no. Like that shouldn't be a huge thing. Well, the way I understand it is it's not quite that easy because first of all, they're working with a game that's essentially locked down in almost every imaginable way. You know, they, they can't really look under the hood and see how it works. They have to kind of make educated guesses and, and tweak things here and there. They don't have the source code for this, you know. Getting it up and running alone is kind of a miracle. And even in cases where they've swapped out content and, you know, and changed content, it's only ever in the capacity of taking something that was already there and then altering it. Yeah, just so they're not the they're not adding new things. They're just altering what's already there. So like when they kind of like reverse engineering it. Yeah, and in a sense. And so like even when they're adding new maps, they're not really adding new maps so much as taking other maps and then replacing where it points to, if that makes sense. So yeah. to get in there and start customizing it to that level, you would probably get in, have to start like rewriting the game at that point, but I don't know enough about it to really say for sure. So I was actually, one of my questions was going to be, you know, could they make like a, a Nourish Psych dedicated server 
so that you could do your machinima. I wish. Without. <laughs> I would love that, just my own server to myself. Uh, but then again, I can just jump in the Japanese room and I can have my own server to myself. Uh, <laughs> but, uh, in, I mean, in, re- in the way that you're asking it for, like, uh, just my own MGO with my own options, my own gear, my own weapons. They could. I, I would think they could, but it's just a matter of why would anybody set up a dedicated server for just one guy to do his own thing? That's, I don't know. To get a Ghost Babble movie? Uh, I'd play with you. Thanks, <laughs> Nitroid. And I'm sure there's... there's <laughs> I Honestly, you know, I think if we were to get our own server, uh, put it online, and put it out there and say, hey... We have a new MGO server. Uh, we take the game very seriously. It's going to be moderated. Little to no changes in the gameplay and design. A place uh, that we welcome all players of all, all creeds to come and enjoy MGO as it once was. I think, I think it would definitely draw a larger fan base to the game. Because uh, at least, uh, I mean, if we wanted to police and monitor the toxicity of... Uh, of MGO, I think it'd be a friendlier experience to some, but at this point, I think it's I think it's past its prime. It's not even worth it. Uh, I mean, I enjoy going on there and making this these machinima movies. Uh, it's like a hobby of mine. But even I'm trying to get away from it. I, I have just these couple movies planned: uh, Metal Gear and Ghost Babel, and maybe one last skit movie because I have a few skits recorded and a few ideas that I still have to record. Uh, but after that, I'm I'm ready to just abandon ship and try modding MGS5 and going through that experience because that looks very promising. Yeah, I've been wanting to do that too. I just got to copy that. I've been meaning to mod it up. It's so cool. <laughs> I mean, you can do anything. You can. This is what I wish I could do with MGO. You just kind of design your own. I don't want to say design your own map because you can't go into five and be like, oh, you know what? I'm going to add this building here. I'm going to put this building there. I'm going to put some animals here, make a fence. No, that's but survive. You're, yeah, you're you're taking the existing game and you're modifying enemy patrols, difficulty, uh, certain units where, and you're playing within the sandbox still. And it, it just has so much more potential than MGO2 does. And, I mean, you can dress up these characters any way you want with, with the mods that are that exist now or if you're clever enough to make your own you can you can do that as well i mean i'm i'm running through the game right now as as solid snake from the zanzibar land disturbance and yeah i saw those pictures that, that looked really dope <laughs> it's cool and i i got the the gurlukovich men as the enemies i mean it's a whole mishmash of of oh, metal wait, gear hold lore. on a second that like you're really creating an alternate timeline there aren't you us, You're you know, with so- of, soldiers, but with like Zanzibar era Solid Snake, it all comes full circle. Like I'm playing uh, it, man. <laughs> I'm playing it every day. I'm making my I'm own Metal Gear universe here. I'll tell you this: um, your comment about making new maps might not be that unrealistic. There's been a project uh, underway for the past couple years. Uh, I don't, I don't know too much about it, but I believe it's called Fox Kit. Yeah, and it's essentially a map. Yeah, yeah, it's a map editing tool for MGO that works through Unity. And um, as far as I know, they're still working on it, so that may become a reality at some point. I think it's awesome. I think MGS Five, whether you're a fan of the game or not, be it story or gameplay mechanics, like 
I'm an MGO2 gameplay type of guy. I think that's the best gameplay experience. Um, but I feel that as far as the overall experience, the aesthetic, MGS5 just has so much. You can, with just the way the characters move and the enemies move, it's yeah, very so fluid. realistic. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, MGO3 is, is the best example of wasted potential. And bad net code. Are people still playing that? <laughs> yeah, but that's all of them. Yeah. Yeah, it's, uh, I think the player base is sporadic, mainly because of just it's like a cross-platform experience. So it's on the 360, the Xbox One, PS3, PS4, and the PC. So yeah. right. I, I think a lot of players still play it, but you just don't see too many of them because it's so spread out. That and it hasn't had a single update in how many years now? A lot. Yeah. <laughs> so Konami, if you're listening, you want to you wanna win some good faith back. Start giving some love to MGO. What incentive do they do they have to to update MGO three? My personal happiness. Oh, okay, gotcha. And that's enough. <laughs> so that if you want a card from Nitroid Konami, update your friggin' netcode. Yeah, mine are gold plated. <laughs> <laughs> I got a golden Metal Gear card. So <laughs> I got thirteen of them. Yeah, <laughs> you haven't lost any any yet this session, so so good job holding on to your cards. He's gripping them tight. Try not to say Thank anything you. too controversial. Yeah, I, I don't say much as it is. Period. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> well, that was our thing last uh, last episode. Was what um, what opinion do you have that would lose you your Metal Gear card? So, since uh, you're our first guest, I, we got to ask you what opinion about Metal Gear do you have that would uh, cause your card to get revoked. Oh, jeez, man. Uh, <laughs> uh, Metal Gear Online is my favorite Metal Gear. Oh, wow. Wow. That, it's, that's a novel. I wouldn't call that controversial, but that's, I've never heard that opinion before. Yeah. So I can respect I'll it. give you a card for that. Congratulations. You have 14. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah, that felt more like a, how hardcore of a Metal Gear fan are you? Wait, what's your second favorite? Uh, I don't know, man. No, oh. there's so many of them. No, I'm taking a card uh, for that. Uh, <laughs> man, that, that was it. That's how I lose my my credibility card. Yeah, the vector giveth and the vector taketh away. Uh, <laughs> I, I I don't know. I'm I'm one of those guys. I'm I'm a two guy. So I, I like you know I like Metal Gear Two, Metal Gear Solid Two, MGO Two. So uh, I'll stick with those three. That's that's my trilogy of favorite games. Some good ones. Yeah, all the best ones end in two. They do. Acid Two. Come on. Except for the ones that end in rising. Damn. Wah, wah. I'm taking a card for that. Yeah. Okay. Go for <laughs> Rising's good. Imagine a multiplayer <laughs> mode in rising. Who wouldn't want that? All right. So let's dive into some Q&A. We got one from at Neandran who asks, what are you guys' thoughts about the ruse, the social phenomenon behind MGSV and the search for the truth. Was Kojima's plan to trigger schizophrenia in people all along? Should he go to jail for this? <laughs> no, but Nitrate, you're going to jail for saying MGSV. <laughs> no, take his, take his gold card. Yeah, Damn it. I'm taking a I'm gold card. I'm just reading the that. tweet, man. I'm taking a, a gold platinum American Express black. Oh, man, that's limited edition. <laughs> Too bad. I thought the the lead up to MGS five was uh, probably one of the best like 
campaigns for a game ever, I think. Um, if you, if, oh, that was a fucking party. How dare you? I'm taking a card for that. Dude, depending on who you ask, we're still in the lead up to MGS5. It's crazy. <laughs> is, uh, is Never Be Game Over still active? I haven't yep. checked in a while. Oh. I mean, they're on life support, but they're still trucking. What do they do? God, I wish I had that much faith in something. <laughs> Never Be Game Over is like the uh, the flat earthers of the Metal Gear fandom. Oh, right. Okay. Yeah. I never got into that, so. Yeah, they were dead set convinced that Death Stranding was Metal Gear Solid 6 or Metal Gear Solid Zero. They could never quite agree on which one it was, but it was Metal Gear, darn it. Dumbasses. Oh, boy. Were those the same guys saying that Quiet was Chico? Uh, I don't know if that one was theirs or not. No, that was a different group. Okay. No, that was that was pre-launch. Yeah. This was this was very dictated by post-launch. Um, right. I I always assumed Quiet as Chico was just a just a drug party or something like that. <laughs> I don't know. It's a very successful shit post. I was having fun with it. I mean, that was one of those things. Like when laid out, it like could have made sense and like could have happened. So that was that was the thing about that. I was like, I guess that's plausible. So. That's why it was such a successful troll because it was yeah. just within the realm of believability where you yep. were like, uh. It's like that Jar Jar is a Sith theory. Yeah, exactly. They should have done that. Where you, it's like, oh, he, he like kind of force jumped in this scene. That's a scene. great example. <laughs> he, he's controlling the person's lips when he's talking and stuff. Yeah. <laughs> Wait, what was that? Uh, like you can see Jar Jar like kind of mouthing what someone else is saying at one part. Oh, right, right. So it looks like yeah. he's like controlling their voice. So at one point in MGS5, or during MGS5's development, any current event topic that like became trending on Twitter or got or was like trending on, on YouTube or anything that people were talking about, people tried to relate it to MGS5. And, you know, like, oh, is Kojima talking about this? Is this in the game? What's that head? Uh, there was like a doctor that uh, like almost sued, or did he sue? He did. He I, totally did. I heard he was going to. Uh, Sergio Canavero, I think. What's yeah. the story it's, with that guy? Was um, was the the Oilix guy in MGS Five based off of him? There, there was no Oilix guy what? in MGS Five. I don't know. He he looks like uh, Doctor Kiyomarv. Yeah, yeah, a little bit. He does. Um, but he was, yeah, he was going to do the head transplant. And so people thought that, that, uh, snake was going to get big boss was going to get a head transplant and he looked because like they looked that so doctor. Similar. Yeah, he really did. I so think we also need to consider that bald man with glasses is, you know, not, no, not that, too this much guy, of a character. Yeah, <laughs> These two guys? I mean, like, yeah, I mean, it's definitely similar for sure, but no, I mean, we're talking similar. similar. This is like same oh, bone structure. Copy. <laughs> Freaking a clone. lot of those dudes are frail. Yeah, it was uncanny. I mean, I've seen a lot of scientists that look like Doctor Panoxovich or whatever from Tekken. It's Bosconovich. Nobody like, but oh, Bosconovich. Thank you. What you say, Bosconovich? Bosconovich. I don't know. Yeah. I just remember him from Tekken Three. He's cool. But I this like wasn't guy. just like. This this was not just a case of like oh you know he's got the same hairstyle and this was it looked like they took a photo of the guy and put him in the game right because they were doing all that facial scanning at that point yeah yeah definitely and a so coincidence it, 
everybody sort of sort of went into that. This like, is funny that oh, he tried to, he... He just was gonna sue after that. He's like, all right, enough. I had too many people ask me about Venom. What the fuck is Venom? <laughs> <laughs> Who are the pay- Lolly Lule Lo? I've gotten six emails today. Is he still trying to cut people's heads off? I hope not. Uh, I I try no. and and follow up on that every few months, but I. I think the procedure got canceled for like, I think the Italian government was like, no, Sergio, you're not doing that. But he's like, no, I did it. I did it on a rat. And yeah, maybe because of COVID that he can't do it. You know, the rat died like three minutes later, but eh, who cares? Get back to your oilix. I mean, he probably realized at the end of the day that, you know, eventually who Kojima was and was like, all right, I, okay, I see what happened here. <laughs> You'd think he uses likeness in this game to for his advantage. Like, hey, this this Artier, way, he knows me. We have a sale. By the way, if <laughs> if he can think I'm put me in a game as like a smart scientist, I could totally transplant heads. Does a buy one get one? <laughs> <laughs> transplant two heads. Get That's the thing. Yeah, three. he he probably he should have. I mean, and I guess he did get some like trickle down exposure and you know whatever. Probably some money from that in some form, but. The worst part about the Never Be Game Over thing is that they were throwing out so many theories. Yeah. That when, like, one of them landed, it validated, it, like, it gave them a sense of validation. Like, oh, see, we knew what we were talking about. <laughs> like, the the few people who, like, constantly throw things out and manage to hit the dartboard once with, like, oh, in Metal Gear Solid Five, it's it's not really Big Boss, it's a body double. Suddenly, that means everything you've said is credible. I'm right. sorry. Yeah. Like, no, it's called broken clock syndrome. Yeah, because <laughs> like that was not for every me- the medic from Ground Zeroes is big boss in this game. There were like hundreds of quietish chicos. So yeah. I mean, that's just like throwing everything and then sticking to what sticks. Yeah, it's a shotgun approach. And they're a little more obvious with it with uh, the like Kiefer Sutherland voice being pitched down. You know, Ground Zeroes for mm-hmm. the medic, and it was like, wait, that's that's definitely him. You know, like th- there was enough clues for that one to make sense too. And th- I guess that's the big thing about a ruse for Kojima. It's like if someone were to go that far, it would be him. I mean, he created yeah. Moby Dick Studios, like you know, and that it, was pretty cool, honestly. Uh, yeah, that first trailer that we saw that we didn't know was you know, Metal Gear was. Uh, yeah, but people had that cracked in the first hour. Oh, for sure. It was yeah. pretty obvious, like in the just the Once, overall look of it all. But that's it's damn good marketing at the end of the day, and I think that's something you know people always are talking about it. So, it's like, what do you think? Yeah, uh, I don't know. Kojima could be so deceiving with his messages and his hidden meanings, but I don't think he's clever enough to put any of that in the game. <laughs> I don't <laughs> I don't think he even thought that uh I think as complex as as the whole medic thing was I I don't think uh it's really kind of up his sleeve to put something like quiet as the uh, Chico or anything like that. I don't even think that that medic was probably his idea. So we kind of got sidetracked. Um the question was um about the ruse leading up to to MGS5 and and trying to figure out what MGS5 was about. A lot like what people were trying to figure out uh, about Death Stranding, which turned out to be completely pointless. But what did you think about the like the Moby Dick Studio and the Joaquin Mogren thing? Uh, I saw through it. I think that's what he, that's what he's asking, right? Um, just our general thoughts on the ruse and that whole lead up. Yeah, nothing quite specific. Oh, okay, well, what did that entail? 
aside from the Moby Dick Studio thing. I, I think, too, just some of the plot elements, like Gray Fox being punished Snake and all that type, all those type of theories, like it was, you know. Okay. He right, has right. to be aware of how rabid this fan base can get, and oh, yeah. he's absolutely taking advantage of it. The way he uses social media, too, when you look at his tweets and stuff, like especially after a game is out, you look back and you're like, oh, that little picture of that penguin. Okay, that makes sense now. <laughs> like it just He just throws stuff out there that seems, you're like, when you look at it at first, you're like, what? This doesn't make any sense. But normally afterwards, it will have some significance. It's kind of like a director putting something in a movie. It's like for a certain reason. Yeah, but at the same time, he's not doing, like, he's not the Zodiac killer. There's not, like, codes within codes within codes, which a lot of yeah. these guys seem to think there is. I think a lot of people just like to hype that up. Yeah. At the end of the day, it's a very artistic project, but it's still a project that needs to sell. And the ruse can only go as far as the bottom line, which is, yes, he did that twist, but no, we are not in a, what is it, five-year conspiracy in which the real Metal Gear 5 is right around the corner. Take a card for that. Well said. <laughs> yeah. So, I, the, my whole, out, I mean, my uh, opinion on that, on all the all the conspiracies and the what shell companies that he was creating, Moby Dick Studio, and, and this making it seem like the Phantom Pain was a new IP, you know, that... That caused Konami to bleed money, which was one of the reasons why people are criticizing Konami so heavily right now. Why Ko- why Kojima had to leave Konami, and and which is it's both a good and a bad thing because I'm glad he was able to finally stop making Metal Gear and do something new. But I mean, look where we are. Do you think he did that on purpose, just so that he can stop making Metal Gear? Good question. It's like I, I have no evidence for or against it. It's like, it's possible. That's what I would have done. If he's so clever. It's, after saying, this is my last Metal Gear, you know, four times, it's hard to kind of take him seriously. <laughs> yeah, that's true. That's what I would have done. That's exactly, that. I've used those exact tactics in the past, in classes and in the workplace. Like, I don't want to do this anymore, so I'm going to fuck it up as hard as I can yeah. so that you don't look to me to, to do this thing anymore. <laughs> Yeah, That's but, like a childhood skill you learn. When your mom asks you to vacuum, yeah, a horrible job. that shit up. Sometimes you don't even turn on the vacuum. You just shift it around like an idiot. Right. But push everything you resisted around. enough to defer responsibility. And that's the important thing. You go vacuum the grass. <laughs> yeah, cut the grass. Just awful. You know what this reminds me of? You guys ever watch Rocco's Modern Life? Favorite Nick Toon? Hell yeah. Yes. A long time ago. Do you remember the Wacky Deli episode? Yeah. <laughs> Hot the cheese. Yeah, oh, Kojima tried to wacky deli Metal Gear, and then at the end, he's like, I'm going to create my masterpiece, and nobody cared. <laughs> Alternatively, I've I've heard on more than one occasion people refer to uh, Metal Gear Solid 4 as Hideo Kojima's springtime for Hitler, <laughs> which if you don't know what that is, there is a classic Mel Brooks movie called The Producers that you absolutely need to see. It's required viewing. It's going to be on the midterm. <laughs> it used to be a play. That's right. It's true. Yeah, I, I found that out after hearing these guys talk about it and being like, what the hell are you guys talking about? Yeah, my mom saw it years ago in the city when it was on Broadway, I think. Wow. All right, so should he go to jail for this? That was the final bit of the question, I think. And was Kojima's playing to trigger schizophrenia? <laughs> <laughs> he should be fired. See, see- 
The problem with that question is that it sets a bad precedent in which if Kojima would go to jail for that, there are a lot of developers and movie writers who have subverted <laughs> a lot of expectations to where if this became a statute, there would be witch hunts for, you know, a few folks. Hmm. <clears throat> We're going to fill the prisons. I'm, I'm hoping, at least fingers crossed. Hey, fingers, shout out hey. to fingers who's here with oh. us today. <laughs> but fingers crossed, I'm hoping that he's asking, like, should he be criticized or should he have his Metal Gear card revoked for the things that he did? I'm hoping he doesn't mean like, should he go to actual prison? Although I would put him there. I mean, that's, you know, you got to look into, you know, if there's the whole alleged taking the the money from certain projects and using them for other things and just extending the release. That's, if you look at it from that, that point of view of like some CEO being like, okay, make this game. And then he's over there like, taking a helmet off and be like, ha-ha, it's Moby Dick Studios. It's like, come on, man. Like, can you get the fucking work? Like, <laughs> How much did that helmet cost? How much cost? did he spend on that mask? <laughs> Jesus. Yeah. Hey, I, I know I should be working on this, but hey, look look what I made in Why the Why are meantime. the bandages made out of imported around. silk from Malaysia? Yeah. <laughs> Kojima's just out there just cutting the grass and like mowing it in circles, just like not doing a good job. Like, hey, man, we need to cut this grass, okay? At the very least, he should go to jail for first-degree murder of a franchise with Metal Gear Solid 4. Oh, every episode. Oh, here we go again. I, yeah, I, I don't... <laughs> I'm sorry, man. It's just... I'll take a card. One day we're going to do an MGS4 appreciation episode, and we're going to talk uh, you, about you know what, what, what we like about MGS4. We're going can... to say something nice, or okay. we're going to say nothing at all. <laughs> and if you you can have all your cards taken away. If you break that rule. Let me just strike it from the canon and you can have all my cards. I need to get this off my chest because I think I meant to mention it in the card episode, but I didn't. So if you know me, you know that I, I ended up meeting Kojima um, at the Smithsonian when he visited back in, I think it was like 2012. Anyways, I was supposed to bring my essentials collection because this was 2012. I couldn't find it before the date. So you know what I made him sign? my copy of MGS4, and I felt like even then, you know, I, I wasn't to the degree that Nitroid is, but I, even then I knew, like, it, it just didn't feel right to have him sign that. Hmm. I presented him a copy of my Metal Gear 2 movie when I met him. No way. Best Buy, yeah. And the, the piece, do I think it was, yeah, it was the Peace Walker tour 2010. Yeah, I had him sign my copy of, Sna- was this, yeah, Snatcher for the, the PS1, and then I gave him my, my copy of Metal Gear 2. I burned it on, like, two DVDs or something. <laughs> I said, said, Mr. Kojima, I, I made a movie using Metal Gear Online, and I gave it, you know, I presented it, you know, the discs. I gave it to him, and he was looking at the disc, and I kept explaining the what I did, and he was looking at me like he was, like, really listening to what I had to say. And I said, yeah, you know, we, I spent hours making this movie and tried to, you know, uh, I got voice actors, and I went through the whole thing, and I, I probably sounded like a fool, like I like I am now, because uh, I just you know kind of starstruck. And he just kind of you know he nodded and gave it to his assistant, and she probably threw it in the garbage. <laughs> yeah, which is you know take pride in knowing that the movies you do are better than that that third disc that came with subsistence. Um, you know. I was going to disagree with you just now. I was just thinking, uh, but I, I agree with you. Uh, even with how with how bad Metal Gear 2 came out the first time around, and then they got better when I, I retouched it. Uh, yeah, it's it's definitely better than that, that third disc for sure. 
Here's a question. Do you think if you took him a copy of Survive, he would sign it? <laughs> I, I want him to well, sign my Snake's Revenge copy. Maybe like the John Romero meme where he's just signing the Doom 3 thing and just making that face. Just, I didn't make this. <laughs> I was thinking of that picture of uh, when um, that guy tried to get Jack Nichol- Nicholson to sign that picture of Heath Ledger as the Joker. <laughs> oh, <man. laughs> all right, so maybe we can get an alternate timeline MGS4. Maybe that's what we'll get one day. They'll just go, all right, we're going to redo it. No. What would happen after MGS2? That'd be a good place to start it. Going back to that, I think that's a good I want to see that philanthropy stuff. Yeah. I want to see Otacon and Snake hunting these these bootleg third world country Metal Gears. That, right. That'd be kind of cool. Yeah, yeah, that's a good spot to do. Something like in between, not like a super prequel, but something that can be contained within that time period. It's like we know where they are here at the start of MGS2, and we know what happened at MGS1. There was so. that phone game. Right. Sure. Metal and- Gear Philanthropy. With prequels, you always want to keep the stakes small. Small enough to where, like you said, the story stays consistent, but there's still sort of like that threat, that feeling of tension. Yeah. Um, so, you know, maybe add some side characters that are expendable. Um, it's like watching Solo. Have some sort of... Star Wars movie. Right, exactly. More like That's Rogue One. Example. Everybody dies. Spoilers. Oof. Yeah. Yeah. I didn't mind that everybody died in that, though. That was the... Uh, part of that movie yeah that that was great but it's just like you know they can't be in in future installments because good we never see they were shitty characters all right next time on kojima frequency (laughs) (laughs) so we're coming up pretty late here psych where can people find you online um just look for me on youtube because that's where i'm most active so um i'm sure you guys will put a link in the description uh but i'm at nourished psych on youtube sweet thanks for doing the show man it's a good time Uh, thanks for having me yeah Yeah, thanks for coming on this was awesome yeah thank you it was my pleasure Uh, i enjoyed it thanks thanks again for having me and to many more episodes with the psych 